everyone welcome back my name is seth weiner and i am your rocktioneer it's summer yes it is summer time to get caught up on a couple of our coffee connections from uh the past season uh and so today i'm going to tell you what we're doing here in just a second who our guest is but i want to make sure that you go right now and check your air conditioning is it on because it's like 120 degrees outside um you could seriously cook eggs on my car that's how hot it is well maybe maybe you're in alaska and it's not that hot but but it's hot here in Atlanta. It really is. All right, folks. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, and let's tell you about today's show. Uh, today, we've got Silver Comet Animal Welfare Alliance featured here with Sherry Cahill, their director. Uh, now, the organization was founded in 2018 to provide medical care assistance, resource development, advocacy, and human education for underdeserved animals throughout Georgia. They help more than 80 organizations each year with funding and fundraising, in-kind donations, networking, events, and hands-on support, such as fostering. Uh, they've got... Uh, they're highly rated everywhere you can look, um, including they won the American Humane Hero Veterinary Nurse Award. So uh, let's bring Sherry here into the uh, show. Give me a second to get all of my... There we go. That's how it works. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Good to have you on the show uh, today. But before we start talking about all the wonderful work you all do with Silver Comet, i got to ask you the question I ask everyone. Do you drink coffee? Um, I don't, but um, I did come prepared, and I wanted to let you know about several organizations that sell coffee to benefit rescue animals, one of which we are partnered with. It's called Browns and Hounds, and um, got a little picture here. We have, um, you see it? So at yeah. groundsandhounds.com, if you go to their website and put in the code Silver Comet AWA with a capital S, capital C, and capital T. It will get you 15% off your order and 10% will come back to our organization. And they support lots of organizations across the country. Um, in addition to this one, there's a company called Pitbull Coffee Company that supports several nonprofits throughout Atlanta. Um, and there's also a company called Hugo that benefits them, um, that benefits other organizations. And in fact, if you just Google um, coffee companies that support dogs, you'll see a whole list of things come up. Wow. I had no clue about all that. That is amazing. So here, folks, 
you're getting a pretty much getting a cup of coffee from just watching this program. How about that? That's incredible. Um, well, uh, speaking of coffee, now we understand where you like getting your coffee from, uh, an organization, a company that's going to give back, which is phenomenal. But what kind of coffee do you like drinking? Are you uh, iced coffee, hot coffee? Um, neither. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, co- um, no coffee is fine also. No, I'm, I'm more tea than coffee. Um, yeah, I, I guess maybe every once in a while doing a, um, like a mocha ice cream or something like that. But, um, but generally, no, I, I just, um, I stay away from the hot liquids. All right. Well, um, let's, uh, let's jump in. I'm going to, oh, go ahead. Sorry. That what's that? I said, I hope that's not too disappointing. No, no, no. We've got a lot of tea drinkers here. Matter of fact, one guest actually sent me some tea, and it was phenomenal. Now, of course, I can't remember what tea it was because I drank it, and I liked it. And then, So I'll have to find that again. But, hey, you know, listen, maybe next series we'll go from coffee connections to tea time. Although that gets a little confusing because then we'll have to talk about golf tournaments, and that just gets a little strange. So we're going to stay on topic, and we're going to go ahead and hand it over to you to talk about Silver Comet and what the Silver Condiment Animal Welfare Alliance is and does. Okay. Um, Would you mind putting up that first slide? Not at all. Hang on a second here. Let's do that for you. Okay. So as you mentioned before, um, four years ago, we were founded to um, provide resource development for animals in underserved areas to help with advocacy and to create humane education programs, because those are things that we found were gaps um, in a lot of areas, um, mainly because rescue organizations are so focused on pulling and placing animals in need. Um, And would you put the next slide up, please? Um, And this is why. Um, Right now in Georgia, we have an unfortunate situation with animal welfare, and that is We are currently sixth worst in the nation for companion animal save rates, meaning animals leaving um, shelters after entering shelters. Um, We have a very low um, save rate versus um, what's typically called euthanasia. Um, We also are the fifth highest in the nation for puppy mill volume, meaning there are a lot of puppy mill breeders in this state. We are 40th in the nation for animal protection laws, which means we are in the bottom tier for protecting animals in various ways. And then one that surprised me is that we are 39th lowest in the nation for child well-being. Um, I find that a bit of a dichotomy since Georgia is consistently one of the best states in the in the country, certainly, and oftentimes the world for doing business. So I hate to see that we are failing animals and children so badly. And again, that was the, the catalyst for what we tried to do is fill in some of this gap for um, other organizations. And I think um, if you're familiar with the concept of silos, there are several large organizations throughout the state that do amazing work, and there are small organizations in the state that do amazing work. But unfortunately, there are several areas um, in rural Georgia, um, many outside you know, metropolitan areas like Atlanta, Savannah, Macon, that really need help. And a lot of these places have um, 
very compassionate, um, well-intended people who don't necessarily have um, the information that they need to do what they want to do for animals in their areas. And that's where we come in. We try to provide the resources and the information that they need and tell them what the steps are, um, how to get things for their organizations, whether it be in-kind donations, whether it be grant funding, whether it be um, volunteers, um, sometimes just information to share with their elected officials. We try to help make sure that they have you know, some kind of support. Um, I think it probably is, kind of along the lines of um, the expression, I'm sure you've heard, you know, if you give a man a fish, um, you feed him for a day. If you teach him how to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. And that's a lot of what we try to do for people who are interested in helping animals in Georgia. The other thing that um, we've really gotten involved in a lot is um, youth education programs. Sometimes it's called humane education. Sometimes it's called social emotional learning. But the idea is to help kids learn about interacting with animals, both things like um, safe interactions with dogs, preventing dog bites, um, all the way to um, helping kids in academically um, be more successful because different books, um, different interactions with animals and learning vocabulary um, feeds into academic success and also to um, self-confidence. And when you build on those things, you can start developing things like life skills, um, things that um, are important for kids to learn as they're growing up so that they become well-rounded adults. And I think, um, let's see, the, um, the next slide, if you'll put that up. So some of the things that we've accomplished since we've been, you know, doing these programs. Um, as you mentioned before, our nominee was the 2019 American Humane Hero Veterinary Nurse Award winner. And that was huge for us. Um, that came out of some dogs in West Georgia that had some trauma and major medical needs. And we partnered with an organization that runs out of a veterinary clinic in Gwinnett County um, called Russell Ridge Animal Hospital. And they run something called a care fund. And Angel Martin, who was the, um, the award winner, was one of our partners that year and donated uh, more than $10,000 in major medical veterinary care to save these dogs that otherwise would not have survived. And that's one of the many things that we try to do is create those community partnerships where we can and make sure that people are aware that these resources exist. Um, another thing that we're very proud of is that we have a platinum seal of transparency from GuideStar, um, also called Candid, and that basically is just a, um, I guess the, the best way to put it, that is assurance for our donors that we are transparent with the funding that they give us. Um, a couple of things um, more local, um, last year we were part of a steering committee in Rockdale County, Georgia, um, and helped um, contribute to what they call now their comprehensive master plan for um, their animal welfare program there. And they have made a commitment in that county to be no kill by 2025. And then as you mentioned, we also provide support to about 80, organ or, excuse me, 80 organizations every year with things like um, in-kind donations, grant research, um, event support, fundraising, volunteers, 
advocacy assistance, um, anything that someone needs help with, we try to be of service when we can. And again, um, it, it's really more of a opportunity for us to, you know, contribute across the state. Um, we send out um, invitations all the time asking if people need help with a particular thing. Um, in fact, we're going to start another one probably within the next couple of months in um, Dublin, Lawrence County area, which is um, um, east central Georgia. And that will be a big one because that particular area has had um, so many problems over the years with um, just no support at all for their animals. And we hope to, to help turn that area around. All right. Um, wow. That's a, uh, that's, that's a lot. I have a couple of questions I want to kind of circle back to. Uh, so okay. why is the save rate so low and is this a percentage or is this based on a number? So is it the highest number? We just happen to have a lot more pets or is it actually percentage based that where our rate is that low? It's a little bit of both. Um, the way that that number comes about, um, if you're familiar with the national organization, best friends, animal society, they have started collecting data nationally for the last several years, and they pull that from various places, from departments of agriculture that require um, animal controls and rescues to turn in numbers. There's an organization called Shelter Animals Count that they pull through, and then they also actually, you know, are boots on the ground calling and asking these questions. So um, part of the problem is that, yes, we have a higher um, population in Georgia than a lot of the states that are registering. And you will see that animal issues follow population density. Um, that's why you see that Texas and California are the, the worst and the second worst in the nation for save rates because the population is so large. Um, then Florida um, and North Carolina are also um, ahead of Georgia in that, you know, they have um, worse save rates than what we have. The other piece is that when you have um, certain hindrances based either on legislative um, gaps or things that the state here does not allow, like say for example, one of the biggest problems for save rates in Georgia is cats. Um, if you're familiar with the term feral cat or community cat, these are non-domesticated animals that basically have been born in the wild, live in the wild. The state of Georgia um, companion animal section that runs under the Department of Agriculture does not recognize trap, neuter, return programs. And therefore you have a huge number of cats that are entering animal control facilities that are automatically killed. And mm -hmm. that contributes a lot to that, that number. One of the things that you'll see a lot of local organizations working on is TNR ordinances in their local areas. Um, and that's something that we've been helping with too. Um, the most recent one was um, Bartow County a couple of years ago. Um, but then you get some nuances, say for example, um, Bartow County allows TNR, city of Cartersville does not. So mm -hmm. there are little gaps in um, accessibility to some of the resources based on little little nuances and in, in allowances like that. So that, that leads me to my next question. What are some of the laws that we should have that, that we don't have? So that, that sounds like one of them. Uh, what are some of the other ones that other states have that, that we um, should A lot of it is 
not necessarily laws that we should have, but enforcement. Uh-huh. Um, spay neuter is one of the um, the buzzwords in the rescue community and has been for many, many years. Um, the problem with spay neuter, Georgia does require and has required for more than a decade spay neuter of any animal that's adopted through rescue or um, animal control facilities within 30 days or you know adult maturity um, mm-hmm. plus rabies vaccinations but you will find that there is almost no enforcement of that um, and animal control facilities will tell you that it's because they don't have the manpower to do it and because the um, the the punishment for not doing it is not severe enough to invest a lot of time and effort in it so if we can get enforcement, if we can get um, adherence to those regulations, that would be a huge step in the right direction. Um, most of what we have, as you alluded to earlier with the population density um, and the save rates is going to be related to the enforcement issue, whether it be um, spay neuter, whether it be outdoor tethering, whether it be um, the TNR, um, and we have a a gap, um, for lack of a better way of putting it, between rescues and animal control facilities. There are not very good partnerships in a lot of areas, and Georgia does not have a requirement for animal control officers the same way that a lot of states do to have certain credentials in order to do that job. And there is a new buzzword that you probably are not familiar with, but it's called human animal support services. And in the animal welfare community, what they try to do is prevent animals from entering the shelter to begin with. And animal control and officers who are out on the street all day, every day, would be a huge asset to that if they participated in the program. Meaning if I'm an animal control officer and I pick up a dog and the dog has a tag that I can read the the address, instead of taking the dog to the shelter, I should take it home. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that rescue communities are are trying to promote because if the animals never enter the shelter to begin with, then that is much less burden on the system and more likely to keep them from having a bad outcome. Yeah. Wow. That's, I mean, I would just, I mean, that just would be an assumption that if someone found one of my dogs, especially a law enforcement, that they would see the tag and bring the dog home or check the chip, you know, if there's no tag and check the chip. And in theory, the first thing that should happen is the chip should be scanned. There are unfortunately animal control facilities in Georgia that don't own a chip scanner. So people have to be um, very diligent in, you know, checking the facility for their animal if it were to get Mm -hmm. lost. Then there are um, situations where the hold period may vary. You know, some places may hold it for three days. Some places may hold it for 10 days. Um, Some places may allow it to be adopted out by someone else after the hold period expires. Some places may euthanize it after it expires. So there is a lot of variation in how facilities are managed, which, you know, back to your original question, consistency would be a great thing to have. Mm. And we're hoping that 
um, after elections and so forth are over that we can approach the powers that be and say, you know, as an animal welfare community, here's what we're coming to you asking for, here's what we'd like to get support from the state to do and, you know, make progress there. Because like I said, it's, it's not just animals, it's also, you know, the children. And a lot of times those things go hand in hand. So the, the humane education piece goes for children and adults. And you'd be surprised how few people in the state realize what our numbers look like as an animal welfare community. And, you know, most people, obviously, I, I think, you know, you, I could probably say that you're one of them based on your response. Um, we're horrified to see that. I mean, I'm, I'm a native Georgian and I'm horrified to see these numbers come through. And, you know, not, not just for, you know, the, the save rates, but for the contributions on the other side, you know, puppy mills. Um, it wasn't maybe two years ago, there was a facility um, in Berrien County, Georgia, which is down um, in the south part of Georgia. Um, a breeder there had more than a thousand dogs that um, were taken in by rescues because he basically decided that they were no longer of value since they couldn't produce for him anymore. And he didn't want to clean up the mess. So then you have rescues coming in there and taking on his problem with animals that had major medical issues, which was very expensive behavioral issues from living in a cage their entire lives. And this is the kind of thing that rescues face all day, every day. Um, and one of the problems that we're seeing here lately on top of, you know, all the, the COVID issues that happened over the last two years is what's called compassion fatigue. Every day we see another rescue posting, you know, we're closing, you know, we can't take any more in. We're not going to, um, you know, we're not going to continue. We're not going to renew our license. It's, it's just overwhelming. And the, the COVID has been a problem because the spay neuter was basically shut down um, during that time. So now we're seeing the after effects with, you know, more population growth in, in the animals. Um, mm. <clears throat> excuse me. The, um, the problems that, that arise, you know, in the domino effect, so to speak, are um, very significant and they're hard to overcome. And a lot of times people just say, you know, there's, there's not anything else we can do. And that's, like I said, that's one of the things that we try to help with is support these people when they say, you know, what else can I do? Where can I get some support? Who can help me? Um, they may not know, you know, what funding is available. They may not know um, even in-kind um, resources can make a world of difference to some of these small rescues that are basically running, um, you know, a handful of foster homes or out of their own homes. And the, the piece with the humane education we're hoping will eventually create a next generation of people who do a better job with their animals than what we have done in the past. Yeah. Um, so for your organization, uh, to get all this education and whatnot, it costs money to be able to, to do that. I mean, sure, you have a lot of volunteers that are, are donating their time and their uh, their knowledge and what have you. But where where's the funding coming from? Where do you get your primary funding? Is it from donors? Is it from grants? A um, little bit of both. Um, we're fortunate in that um, a lot of the the resources that we use are actually free. Um, for oh. example, um, 
some of the books that we distribute um, to schools and at some of our community outreach events, um, we get these from an organization called Tales That Teach. And these are through um, K through two age, and these are donated to us. We also get things donated from Maddie's Fund. Um, Coranda Shelter Beds is a huge donor for a lot of rescues, and they have helped us out in the past. Um, Griffin Press um, donates books to us that we distribute um, throughout the state. And then we also work with Georgia Pet Foundation, which does um, the car tags. Oh, yeah. Um, and as an ambassador for their program, what we try to do is make sure that the funding they have available, along with their sister organization, Fix Georgia Pets, um, is um, we make that aware um, for any organization that's in the area for the grant cycle. And then we have gotten small grants ourselves from Maddie's Fund, um, from the Binky Foundation, um, Athletes for Animals you may be familiar with, and that covers um, most of our expenses because like I said, we have much less expenses than a, an organization that does traditional pull in place and is covering all of the medical. Um, I'm fortunate that I can do um, a good bit out of my pocket when it's needed. And I do that to make sure that anything we do actually have donated is 100% going toward animal care. Um, I think probably the um, in the past we've had um, some success with community partner fundraisers. Um, if you're familiar with Kendra Scott Jewelry, she's um, one of our supporters. We've also got um, several different organizations that we work with um, every year as part of their events. And let's see, um, probably October this year, I think it'll come up something called Rescue Dog Games at Piedmont Park. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but um, we set up with them. Um, we just did an event, I saw you had some pictures on there with um, the Alpharetta um, Public Safety Foundation's um, K95 k We set up with them over the weekend. So what we try to do is as much outreach and education yeah. as we can in unique places so that people get uh, more of the message in areas that it's unexpected. Um, one of the smaller um, places that we've been is Bloom Donuts in Milton, um, which is um, probably a good place for you to go because they do have coffee to go with your donuts. <laughs> and, um, you know, so little places that we can get the word out about what's going on in Georgia and ask people not just for help for, um, not necessarily we don't always ask for money, but we ask people to just be aware and to share the message and to participate in the process. And um, in fact, this um, the bag that you see behind me there, that's what we um, distribute at schools. And we put um, the books and um, usually little um, trinkets and things inside the bags when we go and, and we do things um, at libraries, schools, um, different community events. Um, just to just to get the message out there and you'll notice the um the slogan on the bag is i'm learning how to be a hero for georgia animals and that's what we're trying to encourage people to do um, children and adults and and like we always tell people um it seems very simple but one of the most important things that people can do to help animals in georgia is to be very responsible with their own animals um, making sure that they are spayed and neutered, you know, they don't roam, um, they're secured, they're not tethered, you know, that they are 
you know, setting an example for, you know, their neighbors, their friends, their schoolmates, um, making sure that they understand, you know, that they are part of the solution and that, you know, we need to be able to count on them to, to help us share the message across the state. Yeah, excellent. And folks, you can go to silvercometawa.org, silvercometawa.org. Uh, make a donation there, of course, you know, see what upcoming events and all the resources that they have available to uh, to everyone there. So that's silvercometawa.org. And um, is there anything that we didn't cover that you wanted to share? Um, let's see if you would put up the, the slide that has um, all the logos on it. So these are um, the organizations that support us, and I just want to, you know, tell them thank you um, officially for um, their generosity, either with um, in-kind donations, information, um, you know, sharing the message across the country, and you know, hopefully we will have more growing here um, all the time. And I think the the idea here is that. You know, it is a community. Um, no one organization can make all the changes that are needed. We need everybody to take a part and, and to have, you know, some level of interest and concern for what's happening in our state. Yeah, that's uh, I recognize some of these, too, which is great. Um, well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate having you here today. Uh, and uh, before I let you go, though, I always like asking my guests to recommend a future guest, a nonprofit innovator in the Atlanta or Georgia area. Do you have anyone you'd like to recommend for Coffee Connections? I do. Um, I work with a girl. Um, her name is Kathy Smith, and her organization is Georgia Herp. Um, that's short for Georgia Herp Herpetological Association. And I, I call it creepy crawlies, but it is reptiles. And you can see some pictures of, of Kathy there with, with her lizards and snakes. And um, Kathy is one of the um, most recognized reptile experts in Georgia. She does um, all kinds of presentations um, around the state. She's been on several different TV shows, um, you know, showing off her animals. She knows probably more about reptiles than, than anybody I've ever met. And I think, you know, she will definitely give you a good show with all of her her giant creatures. I feel like Johnny Carson will be great. <laughs> yeah, she, um, uh, it's a little easier for her, um, you know, because we, it's, it's hard to bring cats and dogs on without getting barking and, and meowing right. and, and climbing. <laughs> but, but the snakes and the lizards will usually just sit there for you. Yeah. I've had a couple of guests, though, that... Um, have been uh, animal organizations and uh, they've had the cat, you know, the, um, the cat towers, if you will. And so the cats mm -hmm. just kind of hang out and then start like walking around. It's, it's always, uh, it's always fun. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Sherry, thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And um, once again, I will direct everyone to your website, silvercomedyawa.org. Um, and uh, thank you for doing the work you're doing and, and getting that uh, education piece out there and really, you know, it's one thing to fix a problem, but it's another way, another thing to be a solution and prevent the problem from happening in the future. So I, I commend you for your efforts. Well, thank you. And um, if anyone's interested in having us do a presentation, um, just let me know. Um, if you go to the website, the email and, and phone number and so forth are there. Um, and just a um, final word, um, everything that we do is free. We don't charge for anything. 
So um, any type of school program, um, even if it's just for a handful of students, if it's something that someone wants to do at their kid's birthday party, we've got all kinds of fun things for kids, um, anywhere from um, K through six, we've got a lot of handouts and books and things, but we also work with high school groups um, and help them you know, learn how to add things um, in the animal welfare sphere um, you know, to their um, learning plan and to their resumes. So um, yeah, we'd be glad to partner with anybody to, to help Georgia animals. Excellent. Well, thanks so much. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Yes, I am wearing a short suit today, short jacket for summer. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't have the uh, sequence one here, but maybe, maybe, maybe someone out there, you know, make sequence ones. I'll give you my size. All right, folks. Thanks so much. Uh, have a Thank wonderful you. day and we'll see you all again here soon. Thank you.